The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about the things that you absolutely have to stop doing with your email marketing, please. Now, when this episode comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you're all alone wondering, how do I do this and how does it apply to me? So come and share whatever it is that you are working on with us and our amazing community and get stuck into the training and resources that we share there too in our free Facebook group. All you've got to do is hurl open Facebook and search for The Email Marketing Show Community. Uh, or if you've got a web browser handy like Chrome or Firefox or something, you can go and search for robandkennedy.group and that will forward you over to the group by magic. He would happily have joined in the whole Movember thing, but he would need around four to five years to grow anything even resembling a moustache. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he always wears odd socks. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. So um, have, that- you, have you ever tried to grow a moustache at all? No, but it just doesn't work. I suppose I'm permanently trying, aren't I, just by default, just by being alive. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> uh, he's in there just... He's, I think he said he was going in there and grow a moustache. I think I thought that noise Yes. <laughs> it's terrifying how some people just go to sleep, they wake up the next day and they look like Jumanji. So, do you wear odd socks out of choice or laziness? Uh, totally out of choice. I started doing it when I was about 10 years old, and I was like, that's good. And then obviously it just has the additional convenience of um, of not having to pair socks, which is quite nice. So- I thought the girls will love this. <laughs> Only the odd ones, though. Oh, no. That was horrible. Please never say that again. <laughs> um, come back, come back. This is the show where we give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. It's just Wednesday. It's just Wednesday. But you know, I'm so tired. I'm just going to let it go. Yes, it's been exhausting. We've been away for a a few days doing a business strategy in Manchester. So it's, uh, yeah, we're a bit pooped, aren't we? A little little bit pooped. Uh, Make sure you do uh, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player, by the way. You don't want to miss out an episode of this. I think you'll absolutely kick yourself, really. But you know what? Even though we're tired, it's in our calendars that on today we're going to get up and we're going to record these episodes. So here we are recording these episodes because even when you're tired and even if you're not very well and even if you've got other things to do, you've just got to get yourself out there and make the content, haven't you? You've got to send the emails. You've got to record the podcast. You've got to do whatever else it is that you do. Mm-hmm. You've got to do it. In fact, as you're listening to this, let's make ourselves feel better about it. Take a photograph, a selfie or a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to and uh, send it to us so that we know. <laughs> Don't send it to us like pop it in the post. Uh, post it on social media and tag at Rob and Kennedy so we can see what it is that you are listening to and hopefully enjoying. People ask us which email marketing automation platform we actually use. And the truth is that our customers and members and stuff use lots of different platforms and they're all great. But the one we use, and honestly, that the one that we love a little bit too much is Keep. Keep literally allows you to create the most intuitive email automations, book appointments and send great emails all under one roof. And they're sponsoring this show. So we've hooked up a smashing absolutely smashing deal with them for three months half price 
no setup fee and an extra 2,000 contacts if you want to go and join Keep for your email marketing uh, through our special link, which is at emailmarketingheroes.com slash keep right now. In fact, um, cool. I think before we go on the show, we've got. Um, I'm going to read out the, our review. In fact, I'll let you read it out. Our review of the week. Someone, people have been nicely leaving reviews on the old iTunes and stuff, haven't they? We have. This is from Paul. He says, I discovered these guys like a week and a half ago. Since then, I swear they've almost hypnotically pulled me into their world. <laughs> <laughs> we both went for the evil laugh. That's cool. Uh, which is super fun and informative. I'm in a place where I'm serious about understanding how to do email marketing effectively, and these guys teach it so differently than anyone else I've encountered. They're actually entertaining. I love that their backgrounds are creative. I'm a musician and the scatterbrain, and their teachings make it so simple to understand. <laughs> this may be why it doesn't feel like marketers uh, teaching you, but rather your friends just help helping you out. I listened to the 100th episode the other night. It's amazing how much value I got from it. This is really cool, isn't it? It's almost like a testimonial instead of a review. So thanks for that, Paul. Mm, yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, if you want to leave us a review, we might even read it out on the show. So do that on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. Just yoink the, uh, your podcast player thing out of wherever you've currently got it. Snook. And, uh, and, give, and leave us a review. That'd be lovely. We might read it out on the show. So... We, we speak to people a lot about email marketing. We, we, we talk about it a lot. We're in groups about it, and people are in our Facebook group, Email Marketing Show Community, about it. And it's amazing. Everyone's trying to... It, what's really good about that group is people are sharing their knowledge. It's not just us in there. Everyone's sharing their knowledge. And some of that knowledge we agree with, and some of it we don't quite agree with. And I have to hold, my back, I hold myself back from going, shut your face, you bloody idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because... You know, there's lots of different ways of... I don't want to say skinning the cat, because I think the cats might get a bit upset, but um, there's lots of different ways of doing this. But yeah. there's definitely a bunch of things which hold people back from doing email marketing, doing better email marketing, and getting results from their email marketing, because they're doing all loads of shit that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, for sure. And, it, you know, there are lots of, like, you know, people talk about old wives' tales in life, don't they? There's lots of those things in email marketing, as there are in all walks of life. You know, people who teach SEO will tell you that they've got some about SEO, and people who teach webinars will tell you that they've got some about webinars. Oh, never do this, but everyone says that you should. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to just talk through some of the, the big things that right now you might be focused on. And even if you're not focused on it, you are doing it or paying attention to it. And you want to reel that in. These are kind of bad practices, if you like. The first one, is a really obvious one. It's something we talk about all the time, but it needs to be re-emphasized here. And that is worrying about open rates. So obviously your email marketing platform loves to tell you what your open rate is. It's a really obvious number to go and look for how many people that I send emails to are opening them. And this causes a whole boatload of problems. Number one, I think people naturally assume their open rates probably should be higher than they are. So most people go, oh, do you know what? I sent an email and I only got 34% of people opened it. Do you know what? That's a really respectable open rate. If you're expecting 90% of the people on your list to open your emails. You've got unrealistic expectations generally. That's not going to happen. And so the first thing is open rates are not only not that important, but they're also wrong. So for the most part, when you see an open rate being published anywhere, as we've talked about before, it's incorrect just because it can't be tracked properly. We've talked about why that is before. So you'll find that in other episodes. But basically, just know that they're wrong. They're getting more wrong as more and more platforms like uh, Apple iPhones start to release more privacy updates that block that tracking even more uh, strictly. And so the open rates don't actually matter. And if you can't track them, if you can't measure them, you can't work to grow them because you don't actually know that what you're looking at is a real number. It's like trying to follow a map with a blindfold on. You can't see the map. You can't see where you're going. You can't see your feet on the ground either. And so that's really, really important. Now, of course, we do want to 
This is not to say you don't want people opening your emails. Of course you do. If they don't open it, they can't read it. If they don't read it, they can't click. If they don't click, if they don't click or reply, they can't buy from you. You do want people to open your emails, but the number you're looking at is wrong. So you do want to do all the best practices to try and get more people to open them, but don't pay attention to the open rates for all those reasons. And just to clarify, remember that as these privacy updates roll out, that number is at least consistently wrong. Right. Right. So it might be saying you're getting a 60% open rate right now. Well, we know that's not true because people opening it on Androids, uh, some Android devices are blocking the ability to track open rates at all, which means it's there showing us unopened. Whereas the opposite is true on Apple, whereas they're all being shown as opened, even if they weren't. But at least week on week on week, or day on day on day as you're, send- as you're sending emails, at least they're consistently wrong and you can be improving the wrong number. So, But in general, we don't really focus on open rates. The second thing is, please, for the love of everything, if I see one more person do this, I'm just having to resist replying them saying, stop being dirty. And that's this, using fake... Um, pre-stuff in subject lines. And what I mean by that is FW colon to make it look like the email was forwarded. When it wasn't, you logged into your Keep account or whatever and you sent it. Or, and this one happens much more, RE colon, RE colon, to make it look like it's a reply. Those things are dodgy, they're scammy, they're dishonest, Um, they might trick people into opening your emails, but please, let's not do that. Let's remember the reason people open your emails is because of who you are when they see your name landing in your inbox, right? When they see Rob slash email marketing heroes, you know that there's going to be a funny, interesting story with a really valuable lesson, and we're probably going to tell you about our membership, the league, or about something else that we've got going on. And it's going to be good. Tricking people using re and forward FW to make it look as if something's happened reminds me of back in the day, I remember probably... 2000, 2001, people used to have a little thing in the bottom of their emails sent from their Keep account or something, or their, you know, whichever system you're using. They would have at the bottom, sent from my iPhone, and then underneath was like the unsubscribe from from my emails. You go, well, that's bollocks, isn't it? It's just bullshit. And do you really want to build this relationship with people on bullshit. Absolutely not. No, we've got to make sales. We've got to get people excited. We've got to say things in the way that's going to excite them and it's going to show the value. But we're not going to lie to people because that's when people feel ripped off and that's why we're all so resistant. That's why there's such a high level of resistance about buying with things, which means we all have to work harder to make the sales because of that kind of crap. So when you see other people saying re and forward, um, that's not a good reason. And also, I just want to talk about something else, which is not on our little uh, list of things to talk about, Rob. I'm going to go on, going to go off on one here. Is I heard a really big copywriting person um, in in a membership uh, that we're a member of say they were talking about something that you shouldn't really do, but his reason for doing it was everybody else is doing it. That's not a good reason. That's a friggin' terrible reason. Think about how many other things you would not do just because everybody else is doing it. You know? So, um, 
let's not say I'm going to keep doing that because everyone else is doing it. No, I'm doing it because it's ethical. I'm doing it because it's effective. Ethical and effective. That's what we're really looking for. Anyway, I'm going to get off my high horse. And uh, have you got anything to add to that, Rob, before I let you carry on? No, just I think that this all comes down to what 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 re and forward and stuff in the subject lines are trying to do is they're trying to mimic real transactional emails so you might look at it and think oh hang on a minute i must be in conversation with this person and the problem with that or the thing with that is none of what we're trying to do with email marketing is about trying to make people think that we're in real email dialogues with them sure it can have that feel to it. And sure, people will reply and say, thanks for your email and thanks for this. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed reading it. But it's still, but that that's them replying. And now when you reply, it'll have a real genuine RE thing, which means the people who actually want to be in dialogue with you, the people who actually want to reply to you and actually have a conversation with you do. This isn't about trying to fake anything. A bit like when you watch people teach uh, doing automated webinars, you don't want to try and trick people into thinking the webinar is live. If they come to that assumption, that's fine, but you don't want to, you don't want to put stuff in place to automatically trick them into thinking it is live. And the next one is putting loads of space, loads of carriage returns above the unsubscribe link. So at the bottom of every email you send in your email marketing platform, there's going to be a automatically generated unsubscribe link for people to manage their subscription preferences or unsubscribe completely or whatever they want to do. And for years, this goes back a really long time, people have taken 10, 15, 20, 100 lines uh, and put them in above the unsubscribe link to push it right down in the email. Now, it's become less ridiculous than it used to be. It used to be people would literally put 100 spaces in. uh, And now people tend to put 10 or 15 or 20. Don't do it. If people want to unsubscribe from your emails, you want to make it easy. Because truthfully, if you don't, your email marketing the email providers are anyway gmail it has a little unsubscribe link at the very top next to next to where your email address is anyway people can see that it's it's not and if people can't unsubscribe quickly their automatic thing isn't to go oh well i'll just have to teach myself to love receiving these emails that doesn't happen (laughs) what they do instead is they get really annoyed they hit the spam button they reply and shout at you down the email email uh, get, have a big rant and then hit send with a big heavy finger that comes smashing down onto the keyboard. We've all done it. And so you you aren't winning anything by making it difficult for people to unsubscribe. A bit like if somebody's paying you every month and they want to cancel, just let them cancel. Don't make it difficult for them to physically go and cancel. Uh, that's the old thing, isn't it? Make it, make it hard for somebody to want to leave, but make it easy for them to cancel once they're ready to. Same thing that goes with your emails. You want to put every bit of effort you can into making your email list an amazing place to be where people never want to unsubscribe. But when they do, just let them do it. A hundred percent. And the big thing here is we want to make sure that we're not letting our subscribers down. You know, we want to make sure that when somebody subscribes to our email list and we want to send them loads of emails, uh, we, we want to actually show up with the value that, that you said you're going to show up with. Right. So one of the big things is people say, oh, I couldn't send an email every day. My subscribers wouldn't like it. Well, I can tell you one thing. If somebody puts their name and email address in to receive your emails and you don't send them any emails, you've just let them down. Imagine if somebody bought your product and you never sent it to them. Right. So I take my 10 pounds. I send it to you to buy your widget and you never send it to me. I never get it. I don't get a download link. I can't log in. I get in touch saying, hey, where's my thing? And you radio silence. You just ghost me completely. I've just been scammed for my Mm £10 or $10. But the truth is that the same thing happens with your emails, truthfully. And you might not treat it as seriously right now, but you really should because emails are currency. Sure, they don't cost anything financially, but they are currency. It costs our attention. It costs our time. It costs our focus. It costs our trust. It costs all of these things when I give you my email address. And so when I do, I want you to treat it with respect by doing all the stuff we've talked about so far. But also, I want you to show up and I want you to do the thing you said you were going to do. Can you imagine if somebody puts their name and email address in to receive your email newsletter once a day, once a week, whatever it's going to be, 
And then you miss a day, you miss a couple of days, you miss a week. Every time that happens, it diminishes trust because, and, and your subscribers might not even consciously think this, but subconsciously, there's just been a little bit of a letdown there and a little bit of a letdown there. And I just feel a little bit let down and something else has just knocked it down a peg. And every time that happens, imagine what that's doing to their trust in their ability or desire to buy your products as well. We all want to focus on not letting our people down, right? And we can do that in exactly what you were saying, Rob. But the other one is we see it a lot with subject lines, don't we? We see it like we saw a big market to do a thing about my my. This at the beginning of COVID, and they said my uh, my friend died of COVID, and then the email went in to say, uh, "Sorry, it wasn't my friend, and he didn't die." I mean, hang on, what? Immediately, I've been hoodwinked, and how do I feel? What's my emotional response that I can't even control? My immediate knee-jerk emotional response is, well, "That was a bit of a dick move." Like now, I feel let down. We do not want the reputation that people have in their subconscious mind of any of you. Or, or us to be of being let down we always want it to be do you know what every time i do something with this person it is even better than i think it's going to be it's never a letdown right we don't want to hoodwink people we don't want to trick them we don't want to let them down we want to definitely sell very hard we definitely want to do amazing offer creation and we want to do it in a really brilliant way that's effective and converts. But then we also want to still over-deliver by always having really brilliant products. And the next one that we want to talk about, if just stop doing with our email marketing, is putting so many damn images in emails, right? The problem that we've seen time and time again is when people put put lots of images of like, of here's a here's a nice like divider partway through my email, and then here's a picture of hey I've been climbing Mount Kilimanjaro this week, and here's a photo of me doing that. And when you add images, a few things happen from a technical perspective and from a psychological perspective psychologically funny i was talking about this uh, this morning actually rob with somebody else and uh, i talked about if i don't include an image let's say i do include an image and i'm talking about oh i've i've just got rid of this horrible sofa that my mum gave me you know i've just got my first ever flat or you know whatever's going on and my mum's giving me this awful disgusting sofa that was in the in the back of uh, in the back of her garage and it'll do for now but i can't wait to replace the sofa like if that's part of one of my stories for whatever reason and then i put a photograph of that what i'm calling a terrible old and disgusting couch into the photo and then if even one of your email subscribers receives that and it's their sofa or their grand sofa who they're really close to or whatever then you've immediately alienated that person but also if they just think it's quite a nice sofa not even if they own it like if they go that's not a terrible sofa you should be grateful really no no that's no, not Instead of actually putting the picture in there, you want to paint pictures with your words. So if I say, oh, I've got this disgusting old couch, it's really dirty and blah, 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 blah. You as the reader get to imagine inside of your head what that looks like, which is the power of fiction books. That's why, no, there's not many best-selling fiction authors whack a couple of pictures in there. They don't go, now, I can't quite describe how scary this uh, this, di- this dark alley was. So is it all right if Sandra draws a little, a little doodle of this picture? Can I have a photo? Like, it doesn't happen. Because when we paint the, the pictures with our words, it happens in their mind. It, they allow themselves to grow that picture in their head. 
The second element, I'll let you talk about this, Rob, because I'm almost out of breath, really, is, is the tech element of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people have said for years that putting too many images in your emails will you know, trigger spam filters and all of that stuff. It's not technically true. It's much more complicated than that. If you do everything else right and you have good delivery and good list hygiene and all this other stuff, generally speaking, you're not going to have too much of an issue. But there is a fact that an email with images is going to get hard, lower delivery. It's going to be harder to get delivered than an email that has no images. So from a technical perspective, you're just going to get better delivery, cleaner emails, better reputation if you send everything without images now we have to caveat that and say occasionally this is a rule that we break and that's why i want to bring it back to what kennedy said at the beginning this is not about stop putting images in your emails this is about stop putting as many images in your emails if you sell handmade jewelry or something that doesn't mean you need a picture of every piece of jewelry in your email that's what your website's for that's what your shopping cart page is for this is really really important so that's what we're looking to do we're looking to reduce the number of images that we put into our emails because that makes a difference so the only time we'll ever really use images in our emails is if we're sending somebody to a video, we might include a screenshot or a little moving GIF from the video just to get more people to go and click and watch the video. We're not littering the email to make it look like the, you know, the new IKEA catalog. What that's, you know, that's not the goal here. We want to create streamlined emails that people can read really quickly uh, and that are good for delivery. That's really, really important as well. It is. It is. So with that, that's a few things that we want you to stop doing if you're doing any of those things because you've heard it's best practice or they're those old wives tales that we're talking about before, then they're really good things to stop doing because it'll clean up the email marketing in the world. It'll give you better results in email marketing. And generally, it'll just be less crap. So with that, we're going to go into this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. Rob, you've got a doozy. Yeah, so this one is a really sad phone call. Now, this this subject line, and actually this is a really relevant subject line for this episode, just coincidentally. This subject line, for me, treads the line of what's acceptable from a subject line. What you're looking to do, and we've talked about this before, you're looking to create a subject line that has enough hype, intrigue, and curiosity that it gets people to knee-jerk reaction, want to open your email and read it. But they don't then feel let down when they do read it. As we said earlier, they don't feel like they've suddenly been hoodwinked and the the thing doesn't make sense. So our subject line is a really sad phone call. That in its own right isn't particularly... um, It sounds like, you know, have they had some bad news? What's happened? Uh, That kind of thing. However, the opening line of the email was, Greg was a really lovely guy. So that's the little preview line that they're going to see, which is another element that gets email open. And again, Greg was a really lovely guy combined with a really sad phone call does possibly lead your mind down the path of thinking, oh, God, somebody called Greg died in Robin Kennedy's life. Now, that's not the case at all. Greg was a potential client we spoke to on the phone. Turned out we couldn't really help him for what he was looking for. And we ended the call amicably saying, really sorry. You know, we'd love to help you. It's very sad, but we can't. And that's what it was about. So what we're really looking to do is to use subject line that tread that line they get people to open they grab their attention they say oh my god what's happened i want to read that email but when they read the email they don't then suddenly feel let down or hoodwinked that's what we're going for totally that's this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week what are your thoughts on the things we talked about today do you disagree with any of them would like to know that we're not the be all and end all you know and uh, if you've got things you think of what it is i'd like to know how i do that or or how how i avoid doing that thing or what's going on in your email marketing that's why we set up our free facebook group the email marketing show community do head over i know many of our listeners are already in there but if you're not already in that group with us do come and hang out just go to facebook look for the email marketing show community or you can open up your favorite web browser and go to robandkennedy.group and that will forward you over to the facebook group by magic and of course just before you go make sure you hit the subscribe button 
and share that you're listening to this particular lovely episode of the Email Marketing Show. We're back next week. We'll see you then. Bye.